Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and only legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm, HPL Yamalava and Pleska. As ever, here is the managing partner, and that is Ludmilla Yamalava. Good to see you. Great to see you too, Tim. This time, a podcast which is specifically for anyone working in a domestic role. For example, uh, housemaid. Uh, this is a step-by-step look at the process of how to file a case against employers and to claim benefits back if necessary. Now, Ludmilla, it's a hard thing. It's, it's quite a hard topic to discuss to make it palatable because it's a daunting thing to do, I guess, for people to, uh, you know, to to file an employment case entirely on your own. That, that's a tough one. It is a tough one for that reason, but also because of the category of employees who we're talking about. Yes. At the end of the day, what we're talking about is just the domestic employees, domestic workers, uh, and um, these are housekeepers, nannies, chefs, um, gardeners, and others perhaps not entirely, but perhaps in many ways not uh, highly skilled employees. Um, There are amongst these people also educated and skilled uh, and very talented uh, professionals, uh, but uh, choosing this this path to be able to support their families. Uh, But also by virtue, majority of them, are not necessarily educated or at least highly educated uh, and or don't often have access to information, in particular legal information, uh, as to how to protect themselves and and, uh, perhaps even more basic as to what their rights might be. Uh, And one of the great things about this country is and one of the reasons why it has grown uh, so quickly and so much is because we have had uh, this extraordinary privilege and luxury of having so many workers and um, uh, migrant workers from neighboring countries uh, who are here to earn a living and support their families abroad on the one hand, so it benefits their families. On the other hand, they're able to provide this sort of work uh, and, and talent pool to the economy and residents here to help them live a more comfortable life and then build the city and, and the, the country ever um, more uh, or ever faster. And let's face it, we are all beneficiaries of this on a day-to-day basis, starting from those of us who have families, including myself, having extraordinary nannies, without whom I wouldn't have been able to do what I do professionally and certainly would not have the same kind of comfort and peace of mind at home, uh, knowing that my children are so well taken care of. So it's an extraordinary benefit to many of us here. And uh, another example, if, if I'm sure many of us can relate during the the lockdown mm-hmm. days, uh, so while so many countries, when they went into lockdown, it's just truly austerity measures, so to speak. But for us, for the most part, life continued on business as usual because we had everything delivered to our doorsteps. Uh, from the finest restaurants to gourmet stores to uh, exercise equipment and uh, to fresh produce and fresh fish. And again, all of this is possible because of the number of workers uh, that are in this country to be provide these services. Uh, and the majority of these workers are covered uh, or I guess are um, uh, named or uh, are called domestic workers. And by the way, until 2017, these domestic workers 
were not really covered by a specific body of law uh, because but they were specifically and expressly excluded from the labor law and uh, but they were uh, they fell sort of under subject under the jurisdiction of immigration authorities but not really the courts and they there wasn't a legal body or legal authority for them to rely on in terms of um, understanding what their rights are uh, and certainly uh, doing taking actions to protect them mm-hmm. or enforce them mm-hmm. now in 2017 the law was passed and that's um, and that's domestic workers law the federal law number 10 of 2017 that was passed specifically to cover uh, these uh, these employees or this segment of the uh, workforce and uh, since then, there have also been a number of regulations that were passed in addition to this law. And now this is the first time, and it's five years ago now, uh, that there's a specific authority, legal authority that exists, that clearly and expressly and in detail covers the rights uh, of um, domestic workers uh, and also the obligations of employers who hire them. Uh, and it sets out uh, fairly clear and detailed provisions in terms of what benefits the workers are entitled to, uh, including rest days and holidays and uh, pay and so on and so forth. And also a specific list of how employers, for example, are required to treat their domestic workers. And... Um, and I have to tell you, and we do have a separate podcast on this subject, but I do want to remind that in many ways, this the domestic workers law is very similar to the rights and benefits uh, that are afforded to employees uh, of the private sector that are subject to the labor law. So it's not too dissimilar. Obviously, this is a, a separate uh, or a very specialized uh, workforce because you know, most of the time domestic workers uh, live with the family. So obviously in terms of working hours and such, there are some differences. But overall, in terms of compensation and treatment and, and provisions of uh, living, living conditions and working conditions, uh, they're very much uh, on par with uh, those protections that exist for other employees in the UE under the labor law. Uh, now, but what we are talking about today in particular is that, okay, well, now we know that there is a specific body of law, and we have done a podcast on this before, and hopefully a lot of people have uh, had a chance to either listen to it or have seen other social media updates on this, and so are, now this information is more accessible to these workers to know that there is a law for them to, to rely on, that their rights are protected, and they have uh, certain protections, but then that's and that's been a huge step forward, and we have seen this firsthand that uh, domestic workers are a lot now a lot more informed and much more educated about what uh, what their rights are and what they can potentially do uh, to protect them. And obviously, social media has played a, a significant role in helping uh, this segment of the population to be educated. But what we see next at this point is, okay, so now I know, for example, that I'm entitled to a salary. Now I know I'm entitled to a day off a week. I know that, for example, my employer should not hold my passport. But what do I do about it? How do I enforce um, my rights? Uh, how do I um, apply the law uh, to, and how do I convince or, or show to my employer that uh, I need to be treated a certain way or, you know, I'm entitled to certain benefits? What can I effectively do? 
And so we see these kinds of requests uh, from our rather active social media presence, lots and lots and lots of questions from domestic workers with all types of complaints and grievances and concerns. And, and the heartbreaking, and it's so heartbreaking because often we hear things like, well, you know, I want to leave and I already served my three-year contract and I really want to leave because I'm unhappy here, but my employer won't let me leave. Uh, or my employees threatened that they will send put me in the plane and send me away, and I really want to be able to continue to work here because I need to support my family. Uh, or my employer threatens me that if I'm going to leave them, I cannot leave until they pay, I pay them some sort of recruitment costs or visa costs, which are in the thousands. Uh, and uh, or you know, very very often we hear is or uh, my employer has my passport and I can't and they won't renew my visa and I continue to work for them but my visa expired and I'm accumulating fines uh, or my employer is mistreating me and harassing me and I don't know what to do and I'm scared or I don't have uh, a day off uh, I haven't had a holiday. I haven't been able to see my family. I uh, don't, uh, you know, I don't get food, proper food, or I don't get proper sleeping conditions, and so on and so forth. And these are very real, very real um, concerns, and we see them on a fairly regular basis. Uh, so, what um, I really, really love to cover in this podcast is uh, just perhaps provide some roadmap and specific tools as to what can be done. Uh, and in terms of the legal framework and the legal tools that are, that are available to uh, to these employees. Well, let, let's do exactly that, because it seems to me there are three real steps or three stages that you need to, to go through. Let's make this as simple as we can. Step one is the Ministry of Human Resources and Emeritization, or via the app for the M-O-H-R-E, as it's uh, abbreviated to. That, that's the first stage, isn't it? Yes. So basically, they're all domestic employees, whether they are sponsored directly by the employer, i.e. the family, mm. or they're sponsored through this agency that's called Tadbir. This is the recruitment agency, and right. many of them are sponsored through Tadbir directly. All of them are ultimately subject to a regulatory authority that's called, as you said, Ministry of Human Resources and Amortization, or right. the shortest Mohre, for lack of a better, better expression. Um, and um, so they're all subject to this regulatory authority and they're registered with them. So there is each one of these domestic workers has an ID that's registered with, uh, with the, I guess I'll call it Mohre or uh, Ministry of Labor. That was the old name. Yeah. Uh, so now in terms of, and, th- and that means anytime there is a complaint or dispute, any one of these workers want to do something about, let's say, resigning or uh, having their contract uh, canceled or having their work permit canceled or just moving on to the new employment or just leaving the country or getting paid or whatever, addressing whatever issue they need to address. Anytime there is a dispute with the employer, this is a starting point. Mohre, in other words, is a starting point or a, point or a M-O-H-R-E or a labor department, however you want to, uh, to call it. Uh, so, and this, by the way, that's just for any employment case as well, even for a lot of other private sector employees uh, who are based in mainland, that's the starting point for bringing any kind of labor complaints. Uh, so in this case, the uh, Ministry of Human Resources and Amortization plays multiple roles. One is that's where you file a, a case, original initiated case, if you have a labor dispute. But two, also, they have authority to resolve certain issues related to, for example, work permit and therefore visa. 
Because what we often see is for a domestic worker, for example, visa, their, their visa expired and their work permit expired and their visa expired, but the employer is not renewing uh, or they have fines accumulating in the meantime. And so what uh, employees can do is, or they must do anytime they have a complaint about anything, by the way, is to file a complaint first, to start a complaint with Ministry uh, Mohre, basically. Now, to do this, there are two ways of doing it. One is uh, through the app. And there's the Mohre app, M-O-H-R-E app. And equally so, there is the website. So you can file a complaint through either one of them. So that's where you start. And the fact that it's available on the app is extremely convenient and efficient. Uh, and um, so there, there is um, there's a tab there for services, and under that is filing a compl- basic complaint, a labor complaint, and then there is a, a, a tab for domestic worker complaints. Interestingly enough, you can file a complaint, or domestic worker file a complaint in uh, basically in uh, or find a file in uh, several ways. Because remember, Mohre is where the domestic workers are registered, so they have a number there, a registered number. So they can actually find themselves in the system, and they can find either by Emirates ID. But unfortunately, some of these domestic workers don't even have Emirates ID copies on them. I mean, we've seen that. A lot of employers just won't give them. Or they can find by visa number, uh, or they can find themselves by work permit number, uh, or they can file, believe it or not, themselves purely by their name uh, and nationality uh, and uh, date of birth. Okay. So, so, and this is very important because for a lot of domestic workers, they don't know these the details. In some of their cases, maybe they were not even given the Emirates ID, and, mm-hmm. the, and they really don't have that kind of detail. They, in many of their cases, they don't have their passports on them. So, purely, they can find themselves purely by name, uh, and then it's a, there's a tab there. You write your name, you select the country, and you uh, select your birthday, and then, and then you, your name basically pops up. And then once you click on that, if you, maybe there's several people with the same name, you can select who you are. And then, and that's going to populate, pre-populate the request already with your information as it exists with the ministry or with the authority. Right. And then from there, you go through the motions and you basically say, I want to file a complaint against. And then if uh, in most cases you can have, um, if provided that you're uh, filing a complaint against the employer that's registered to you directly, uh, so that your employer's details will also pop up. So it's all a lot of it is pre-populated. Uh, so you so you can right that you just go through these tabs and then your name comes up, your file comes up, and then you say, okay, this is my employer. You just click yes, and there the employer's details come up, and all of a sudden you have okay, so the initiation of a complaint. And then there's a tab uh, that goes where you can select what type of complaints you're making. And by the way, this is very important. It's all in English. So this is highly, highly accessible to ordinary people. And by the way, so far what I've, I've said, it doesn't require any kind of an argument. It doesn't kind of require any kind of drafting. It truly just going through the motions and, and selecting tabs uh, which and from the pull-down menu, which is very important and valuable for, for these workers. And so and then you can add, for example, from a, t- a pull-down menu, my passport, return my passport. And then you can continue to add, uh, let's say, payment of my end of service, cancellation of my work permit. Uh, leave holiday, uh, or um, your know, payment of salary. Uh, so you, you go through the list. Uh, so and then you can file all these complaints, and then you click, you know, submit, and that's basically it. So then what happens is the ministry, and let's say, and one of the things you can also uh, you select is the cancellation of your work permit. Uh, 
And here I'll pause for a second because a lot of people don't know this, is that you know, we always think about, okay, we're working in the UAE, we have Emirates ID, okay, we have visa. But in order to work legally for all of us here, before we get, uh, we actually can legally work, we need to have what's called a work permit. We, many of us don't talk about it. So we have an employment agreement, then we apply on the back of this employment agreement, we apply for residence visa. Mm-hmm. And once we have a residence visa, we have to have the, wherever the company, the employer is based, we also need to have a work permit. Yeah. So, and the work permit is, for some, it's, it's a physical card, for others, and increasingly so, it becomes a, just a number. But this work permit is what allows us to work legally. In many of these employees' cases, the work permit has expired a long time ago. So, and, and until you've canceled the work permit, you're not really able to cancel your visa, and therefore you're not able to switch to a new employer. So the, the work permit is an important step. And so, therefore, if you are as a domestic worker, you want to end a relationship with the employer, uh, one of the immediate first requests that you should make, in addition to whatever other entitlements you should pay is that, or you should be paid, is that you, you want your work permit to be canceled. So you want to, uh, yeah, that's, that's more so canceled. Now, let's say you go, you've added all these different requests through the Ministry of, of Human uh, Resources and Amortization, and then uh, they, somebody, a representative from there will call you and will call the domestic worker and ask some follow-up questions you know, if, if they need to. They actually don't even really need to submit any documents. Uh, but let's say they'll ask some questions, and then separately they'll call the employer as well and talk to the employer. And the idea of uh, this, the representatives from the Ministry of Labor is to try to see if they can resolve the dispute amicably and get the parties to agree, although they, they, they don't um, hold a conversation amongst all the parties. They call the different parties separately, employee and the employer separately. And um, in, sort of in a few cases, perhaps, uh, maybe they can reason with the employer, and this can be resolved at this level, at the Ministry of Labor, at the Mohrali level. It could be. And if that's the case, uh, that's great news. And then that point, uh, the, the, obviously, the, the employee presumably can agree with the employer to have their visa canceled, have their benefits paid, and they can move on, do whatever they want to do, right? So that's I, that's the ideal scenario. And I, the ideal scenario here is that where Mohre actually will play an effective role, but obviously that requires the um, um, acceptance of this by the employer. So, but in most cases, if this does not get resolved at that level. The employers who have uh, perhaps mistreated or taken the stands that they have taken against the employees, and there are exceptions, I, you know, truly. I'm not uh, lumping all the employees, employers into the same bucket. But uh, in most cases, if you're the case at least we've seen, the employers who have uh, driven their employees to this level, they're not really that uh, interested in resolving this at this level. So what can happen are two things at this at this point. So at Mohre level, if you've requested, for example, the to, the work permit to be cancelled because it hasn't been renewed, um, so and you're accruing fines, so you should that's a separate request. The Mohre here has actually the authority to cancel the work permit. And you should request that. And with that uh, letter from the confirmation of the work permit being canceled, with that, you go to immigration and you can file this request again through the app in Dubai is through GDRF and uh, otherwise it's ICA. 
so uh, this is separate immigration apps. And so you can apply with this letter from the Ministry of Human Re- Resources and Amortization saying that, yes, the work permit can be canceled. Right. You can apply and have your visa canceled. And now, at least on the immigration side of things and freedom side of things, you're free. So you can go and you apply and work for a different employer. You still have unresolved commercial dispute, but at least in terms of your ability to go and work for someone else. And then not to accrue additional uh, overstay visa fines, for example, then you have you have the ability to uh, uh, to to move on and build your next chapter in life. And so this is kind of by recap, this is an ex- uh, a summary of, of what Mohre can do. So one, this is a starting point to file a complaint to the labor court if the complaint does not get resolved at this level. And then two, the ministry does have the authority to cancel the work permit. Uh, and therefore allow allow the employee at least to move on to and look for another employment. Uh, so that's on the immigration side of things. On the um, commercial side of things, this is where we're talking about. Um, um, uh, also, I think Mohar here has the authority, for example, also order order that the passport be returned. They can mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's an example of, we talked to a different podcast about orders and petition where you can make the sort of next expedited request. And so here the ministry does have the authority to issue a decision, say, please, you know, return the passport. Right. So um, let's say failing, uh, so it, you know, based on the majority of cases we see, res- disputes don't get resolved at this point. So then if the Mohre is, is not able to resolve the dispute, then the employee will request an NOC or no objection certificate to go to court. And then then they can file a court case. Now, to file a court case, again, it's not as scary as it may sound, but you do need this approval from the Ministry of Labor first. And then you can file either online through the online court access, or you can go to the typing center, TESHIL, and do it through them. And so in your online case, uh, you would claim whatever it is that you need to claim. So for example, I want termination of my contract and therefore I want unpaid salary, I want end of service, I want to take it home, whatever employment benefits it is that you have not, that you believe that you're owed, you can claim in this court case. Here, things do need to be stated in Arabic. So this is why doing it through the typing center is, is better because... Um, Obviously, they can do it for you in Arabic right away and directly, and that goes directly to the, because the typing center is linked to the court, so it's part of the court. Uh, But alternatively, because for a lot of people, it's not so easy to to leave their homes, right? So they can also, let's say, draft their own little request and then just Google Translate into Arabic and just use that kind of translation of your Google Translation in Arabic uh, and submit that request through the court uh, website or through the app. And so then at the court level, then basically the court will evaluate the requests and, um, and you know, the court, to be honest with you, with these kinds of cases, their, their mandate is to try to resolve the cases and protect the employees. So uh, from experience, they don't necessarily hold employees to some sort of high standard of citing laws, for example, or... Uh, or making legal arguments. So as an employee, you can say, I'm just entitled to my end of service. I worked here, let's say, for three years. I'm entitled to my end of service, my salary and such. And the court itself will identify the articles which are at play and will cite those articles and decision and issue a decision, right? But here, the employee or the employer also has the right to chime in and make their submissions and and arguments. But, but the purpose of the court here is to ensure that the employee's rights are protected. 
So what's also important is that also the doc, whatever the documents you submit, they have to be in Arabic, and um, and you are able to access a lot of your documents from the Ministry of Ministry of Labor website. So when you log in, they will have your employment contract, for example, so you can uh, submit that as well. Mm-hmm. So there's just one thing is that it, things need to be argued in Arabic, so that is just one kind of nuance. But you can do all that through the typing center. Now, in terms of uh, in terms of amounts that it cost, if a claim is below a hundred thousand dirhams, right. there are no court fees, which is important because obviously for a lot of these employees, the reason they're filing is because they they're not being paid. Very often, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, so so the, so the, they are free, uh, and um, and then basically once they file the case, then the court schedules a case management conference, which is again it's all online by the way, which is really really important to remember. So it's not like you are now. If you decide to go to court, you have to dedicate time and take time off and sneak away from the house and go and attend hearings and such. No, it's all online, so it's very convenient, and you can do it all from your phone. Uh, and so, and then ultimately, the, like, the court will issue, uh, will set a schedule and court hearings, there may be a hearing or two, uh, and then issue a decision. Uh, now, there could be a few requests for additional documents, but the mandate of the court is to resolve these cases very quickly, uh, was with just, you know, in the matter of a few weeks. Uh, so, obviously, to help employees. Um, so, um, and um, anything, and let's say there's a judgment and it's below 50,000 dirhams, then it's not even appealable. So let's say the court issues a decision in favor of the domestic worker for 25,000 dirhams, the company or the employer cannot even appeal that judgment. Um, so really, you can have everything from filing the, the mohre to uh, filing with the courts. Uh, you could just be done all within a, uh, within a month. It is possible. And, and we have seen that happen. Okay, so let's say you go through this procedure through the uh, Ministry of Human Resources and Emeritization. You then go to court, you get a judgment. What about enforcement? Yeah, so enforcement is um, the next stage, and that's obviously if your employer does not respond to the court judgment per se. Mm. But through the enforcement, that's another step, and that's as as well as done either through the typing center or through the online court portal, uh, where you basically file a separate case for enforcement. Let's say if it's a money judgment, it would be a case for you could ask your employee, your employer's bank account be seized, mm-hmm. license seized. Uh, you can put in a request a travel ban, and that's if they don't pay the money judgment. Okay. Okay. Or, or if it's a, the part of enforcement talking about, let's say, returning the passport, then that's you go to the police. That's part of enforcement as well. Okay. Uh, or if it is, for example, um, even paying penalties for the, the overstay penalties, you can ask because by law, the overstay penalties are a responsibility of the employer. So you can ask that one of the requests is for them to pay the overstay pen- penalties to the immigration. Uh, so you can, I mean, there are different ways of basically filing for enforcement, uh, but it's pretty effective. Enforcement in the UAE is very effective. So as part of enforcement, you can request uh, an arrest warrant for him, for the party that's not complying with a court order. Uh, so, but because everything can be done online, it is very accessible in relative terms and it's quite efficient and effective. Uh, so I just, I do want all those who are listening to this podcast uh, 
to um, uh, you know, to to not be afraid to uh, to go through emotions and try because the tools are there, the legal system is there, the frame, the legal framework is there, the laws are there. These tools uh, have been introduced and exist for this reason, and the reason they are so much more accessible. And then there's sp- specific and specialized services and tabs that exist in each one of these services for domestic workers. So obviously, the legal system is there. Uh, is there to specifically guide and make it easy for domestic workers to be able to file uh, claims uh, to enforce their rights and protect themselves. Uh, so uh, I just want to dispel whatever rumors there might be that these people don't have rights. They do. The law is on their side, and now even the legal system is there to help them address their issues much more efficiently and without having to spend money as a lawyer. That's another episode of Logical, this time a podcast specifically for anybody working in a domestic role as a, a nanny, as a housemaid, uh, driver, uh, for example. It's a step-by-step look at the process of how to file a case against an employer and to claim benefits back as well. As ever, our legal expert here on Logical, Ludmilla Yamalova, managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka. Uh, and as always, thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Find us at LY Law on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. There's also our library of hundreds of logical podcasts, all kinds of legal matters here in the Emirates covered. Uh, And to get a legal question answered in a future episode of Logical, or if you'd like to talk to a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, click the contact button at lylawyers.com.